balance like growth while like not losing yourself mm -hmm. don't let people sway you to like step out of yourself you do want to grow but there is a place where you can burn out from trying to like please other people's kind of way of doing things yeah and you, there is compromise too but at the same time not to the point that you lose yourself welcome everybody to episode 35 of the paul and pals podcast i'm your host Wonderboy paul and paul and pals is a podcast for interviewing my creative pals who are creating the life that they want to live the goal of this podcast is to learn the how and why behind their creativity in order to inspire you, but really myself, on how to best create the life that you want to live. And on this very special episode of Paul and Pals, I interview one of my nearest and dearest and probably most OG and closest pal that I've had to date, my boy Lee Rutledge. Lee is a up-and-coming artist and producer who actually goes by two monikers. Starting out as Kakuyan. What I want, but I can't get enough. Tryna blow your back, I ain't even tryna front. Tryna run my pockets, I ain't going like a pump. I'll sweat a tag if you wanna stack it up. And more recently as Tom Tide. Slept on a mess, we'll go to a bigger mess. Rest under stress, well that is a rest. Fly when I walk and I don't look back. I don't face no heat, so my cool don't crack. And in this episode, he kind of breaks down how Track and his friends were one of the main inspirations behind why he got into music. And then he also takes us through his thought process on why he decided to create a whole new moniker, new music style, visuals, all that. And then lastly, he kind of explains why he feels that we should all strive for a balance between growth while remaining true to ourselves. If you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcasting platform, I strongly urge you to turn it off right now and go to YouTube because this episode was actually recorded in person. It was the first time I ever did this, so it was actually a learning experience. It was also very fun, uh, very interactive, and I think you guys would greatly benefit from seeing this. The link is in the show notes. Also want to give a shout out to Juan, the creative director, for helping with all the visuals and everything, making sure everything was pretty much set up correctly. After and only after you finish listening to this full episode, Head over to the Paul and Paz newsletter to read a personal breakdown of a key aspect from this episode. And I also want to let you guys know that this is actually the season finale of Paul and Pals. So I strongly urge you to subscribe to the newsletter to be the first to know when we're coming back with new episodes, new interviews. And I promise it will definitely be worth the wait. So without any further ado, let's get creative. Here comes the stage fright. <laughs> and I always start with like how we met and stuff, right? But I think we didn't start off as pals. So I want you to help me with this story because um, when I think about it, I think when we all met that f before freshman year summer, you were kind of, I think everybody's kind of like, yo, who is this guy, you know? So I want to give a little, you, I want you to give me a little insight of like how it was, how we actually became pals. This is a, uh, this is pretty far back actually. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. You're you talking about it before MSTEM? Yeah. I think, no, it was during MSTEM. During MSTEM. But I think like there was already kind of a friend group and then oh, like. I don't know. We kind of came into it and it was. I feel like it eventually became a thing, but I think there was like that little tension in the beginning. Not really tension, but so I actually was uh, friends with Juan. Yeah. Like, because we did a summer program before that with like engineering stuff. Yeah. 
uh, for the viewers who don't know, uh-huh. it's like so this engineering like program. Juan and I went way back, so we knew each other in high school, kind of technically. Mm-hmm. And then like um, yeah, we were cool at going into the program, and he was honestly better at making friends than I was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was just like, probably just like leech off all of his friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I feel like Juan Loki brought like folks together in my, uh, from my yeah. perspective. And, that's and then we had, is then we had Engine 101 together. Yeah, that first class. 100, 101. Yeah. 100. 100. 100. Yeah. 100. And uh yeah, we just sat next to each other and like... I remember hey, that. That's what I used to just fall asleep <laughs> in the front row. Shout out Professor Alfred. Bro, facts. So you got a higher participation grade than I did. <laughs> <laughs> he was tight about that. Bro, for real. Nah, man. That was... No, nah, but I just wanted to bring it back because I feel like it's just... Uh, the whole point of this is Paul and Pals, right? And I feel like this this episode, episode is special to me. Like, one, because this is like... The first episode, Yeah. <laughs> It's like the 35th episode. We've been doing this for about a year, a little bit over a year. And I feel like now that we're live in person, I don't know how many more I'm going to start doing live in person, but like, I don't know. There was a like, even me getting ready for it, I'm like, I already know him. Like, mm-hmm. how do I approach this? How do I make it seem like I already, I already don't know the answer? But <laughs> nah, I think, um, I don't know, I'm just really glad that we were able to do this. And, you know, for most people that don't know, they might know you as Tom Ty, so I'll probably put in the title. They might know you as Kakuyan. They might know you as Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love for you to tell us first of all, like you know, everybody calls you Lee that just knows you personally, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of going back, what was um, one of the most <coughs> impactful things of your childhood before you started really getting into the music? Like, mm. what kind of got you ready that made you feel like okay, music is going to be my thing? Oh yeah, I don't know. I feel like I was exploring a lot of things. It was like I was always kind of annoying musically. Like there was this story that my uh, parents would tell of like we'd do road trips to like texas yeah. and like i had like i would just like repeat like the same thing it's not even like it wouldn't even be a song i would just have like a chant or something and i would like repeat it for like hours and like what's an example brother, of brother i don't even want to repeat it out loud. <laughs> you can't say but it's like, <laughs> but it's like you bleep it up but like my brother would get like super annoyed like because i would just keep i would just keep doing it on like loop and it yeah. was like um I don't know. That's. I feel like I have like music in my bones, but it wasn't ever like an emphasis. And mm. then I was doing a bunch of sports and stuff like that, jumping around like soccer, basketball, and then like football, and then track. Um, and I think it was like track where I really started to meet like a lot of folks actually, like out of my hometown, like Franklin, Somerset. Um, a lot of people I work with today, like to this day, like were on the track team, like. We do extra workouts, like, um, and just all be together. That was like a huge bonding experience. Even even the high school workouts too. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of those folks still in music and like, just a super tight. tight I see. Group of folks. So were they the ones that got you into music, or was there music in your family? Like, was that a part of it or not? Oh, kind kind of. I mean, my dad was like, uh, I feel like he's he's a real like storyteller just in general, and so like, uh, he's almost like a historian. Like, he would tell me like, oh, this like like the Minneapolis sound and like and mm. go through a bunch of artists and like that type of thing and just got like the Philadelphia sound and like yeah you know what I'm saying and like he would just be he would just school me and all this stuff so I was kind of like had that appreciation for this older stuff like in addition to on these road trips like he would just be playing like what he was rocking to like and so 
even uh, Erica Badu, I revisited that recently over the pandemic, and I was like, I was like, I get this in a different way now. Yeah, like it's, it's she's just like otherworldly swag, like she's fire. Yeah, but I think yeah that that that's always kind of been around. Um, yeah, and there's I mean I'm sure yeah I think both grandmothers uh, or my mother's mother. Uh, she played like harp. She like super musical. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, uh, shout out Miss Lois. Uh, and then yeah, she's like, I always had that kind of growing up as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's yeah just, I feel it's like I've always noticed you're a little bit like you're close with your family, right? I know you've mentioned before, like I think you and your brother Questy, you guys set a time. Isn't that like a day per week that you guys have to make sure y'all connect? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like growing up was, uh, what was y'all relationship like? What's like the most memorable or impactful thing that you feel like he's given you? Right. No, you? Honestly, he would just kind of eat eat a lot of the, uh, <laughs> he would do a lot of uh, get in trouble for things. Yeah. And I just watch him get in trouble oh, okay. and be like, all right, I'm not about to do that. Oh, or I'm not going to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> so he, it wasn't like an intentional, like, don't do this. It was like, oh, shit, mom whooped your ass for that. Right, right. <laughs> then I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah. But honestly, I think I was actually pretty good. It's like, it's not like I would be sneaky and like do the things he did and not get caught. I was yeah. like, Honestly, yeah, just kind of heed the consequences of certain things and just be like, um, yeah, l- learn from that. But also, I don't even want to put any like bad things on his name because he's like, he's the one getting the PhD. Like, yeah. he's also doing like crazy, like great things too. And mm-hmm. that's like super inspiring to just watch him, like, bef- yeah, like kind of blaze that trail. Was there, cause how many years are part of y'all? One and a half. One and a half. Yeah. So, like, what made y'all start doing that, like, once a week? Let's make sure we check in and, you know, see what's good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've honestly don't. I think when we kind of, because we went to school together, we went to school in Michigan. And that we, like, even lived together that last year. So, we, like, went from seeing each other every day to, like, yeah. I went to California. He's still in Michigan. And it's, like, just being intentional about keeping in touch, you mm-hmm. know, like, um and you don't run out of stuff to say, you know, like the more you talk to somebody. In fact, I feel like you get more things to say. So it's yeah. definitely and, kept us close. And like, I say that because I think I'm trying to be, because me and my brother, like we're six years apart. So, I mean, we've always been good, but I think it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe in the past year, I don't know, maybe because the pandemic or just me being out here in like uh, Houston and stuff. I feel like I've seen the the effect of like checking in like intentionally. Yeah. Sometimes it might be text, but now it's like, yo, let me make sure I try to FaceTime him once in a while just to... Just to see what's going on, hey. and uh, with int- speaking about intention, I want to know like kind of going back to your story about you know you started meeting some musical people. When did you actually start getting intentional about music? Mm. Also, shout out Peter. Hey, shout out Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, even being intentional. Also, I just want to make a side note of appreciation uh, for like one of my other friends, and this is kind of half segue as well. Uh, Cyber Alex Cyber has just been like. Uh, in my life too for like a couple of years in music um just one of the, probably the most genuine person like one of the most genuine people for sure like that i've met in the industry mm-hmm. um and recently it's kind of crazy i don't even know if i said this t- to him directly but like he he would check in and be like <clears throat> like how's your head and how's your heart and i was like it was it kind of tripped me up the first time because i was just so thorough of, of a check-in mm-hmm. but it also tripped me up because like my mom actually like would say like how's your heart and so like it was kind of crazy that he like did that without knowing and who is alex cyber to you he's 
He's a homie. He's like, um, <clears throat> this could be a cool little story about how I met him. Uh, he'd be cool to interview. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he's uh, at first like my distributor. So for context, uh, for an independent artist or even labels go through distributors as well. Uh, they're just kind of a middleman between like streaming platforms. So like uh, there's an artist, they give a song to the distributor, the distributor gives it to the platform, the platform pays royalty. Watch <laughs> 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 in the background. <laughs> no, then the distri- then the uh, the services pay the distributors, and then they collect they yeah collect all the funds and they pay it in one sum to the artist. Yeah. Um, so he was working at my former distributor, um, and he said he was going through the playlist and like my stuff came on and he like thought it was good. So he kind of like, it took him a long time to reach out, but he like, uh, sent it to some of his friends and I heard from them before I heard from Alex. Mm. And so like we, we followed up and then I was like, I was like, yo, did, did what's his name? Like, uh, tell you about my music. And he was like, no, I told him about your music. Oh, and then okay. uh, found out he was in L.A. where my distributor was based. And I was going to be out in San Diego that summer. So I was like, let's link up. We linked up. And like, he's just this most gent- like the most genuine person in the entire universe. Gotcha. And so like, uh, we kept in touch. Uh, he's since worked in like music tech, which is so crazy. Like mm. the, the new like Web3 stuff, like the yeah. NFTs and stuff. Decentralized. Yo, he's actually like very interesting um and just also super genuine and like uh there's a lot more to him i think i want to i want to let him tell yeah, you the story yeah but we yeah, can link he's, though he's amazing got you and then you were saying you brought him up as a side note but i think you were going to kind of segue into um when, when i started you, getting into when you got serious yeah yes serious about music yeah i think like honestly <clears throat> i think iteratively like every kind of push i've done in music like uh, whether it was like the first few Kakuyan pushes uh, or, or this Tom Todd push, it's it's always kind of like you 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 act, you kind of observe how the world reacts, and then you um, iterate. So mm-hmm. you like it's kind of like machine learning. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, which which is based on actually like how people learn, right? You kind of act on the world, the world responds. You see how you get a reward or a penalty for that action mm. and then you iterate like do i want to do this again do yeah. i want to keep exploring or do i want to exploit what i already know um so each push was kind of like that and like one of those things is kind of like understanding your <clears throat> your purpose or your drive for like what why you're doing what you're doing and that can like uh really strengthen i think uh if you can answer those questions each time and so like <clears throat> this year I was maybe a little more intentional, but I was uh just more intentional about the industry side of things, I would say. Like the music, I was always kind of intentional about mastering that and communicating myself through music the mm. most honestly as I could. But this year was more so how do I get in touch with people on the industry side yeah. and like uh make that happen and it's a slow process because people are now a factor and exactly yeah. and you can't you don't have as much control so exactly. i guess to say the question again so when you for the third time tell us how you got into music no. so how did you like what was that first iteration that first iteration uh you want me to talk about kakuya yeah like your first just music in general well i could even go back even farther so my other 
brother in music, Spencer. He's one of your former guests. Yeah. Uh, shout out Spence. Um, he started in like in the more fashion space, and so like <clears throat> he would make visuals for his seasons, and like he would just come to me for scoring all these, and that's like huge. Like that was huge. Like pure joy. Like loved everything we worked on, even to this day. Like I'll, we can get into that later, but that's like. He transitioned from the fashion to actually music, mm-hmm. so like now it's a more production. And why did he come of, to you for that? Were you already making beats at that oh time? Oh yeah, the track thing. So we were like we were running together, and oh, so like okay. um, I would just hear what he was doing. Like um, he knew I was making music, like when I wasn't even really putting out like that. Yeah. And so he was like, "We got to get you like on this yeah. on this stuff." And so um, that was like first iteration. It was like. Lee KT was like the moniker back then, which made use of my government name. And then KT, my initials, Kakuyan and Thomas, which are my two monikers, Kakuyan and Tom Tom Tai. And so that was the first like production moniker. And then like, you can't find anything online, so don't try to find it. (laughs) Except, I'm not even going to say that. Uh, But uh, basically that segued into like me as an actual artist. I'm skipping a ton of details, but um, Kakuyan was my first like project putting my voice behind mm. a record. And that was in 2017, um, right after his debut project, Upfall, which was at like the end of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that. Yeah. You told me about that. And I think um, it's funny because I think I, re- I remember you, I knew you were doing music at that time, but I don't think I was like looking into it seriously right I, I was like saying yo let me hear what you're what you're working on but I knew you were doing that right mm-hmm. but it wasn't until you had told me about Upfall with Shada and then you had told me like oh I produced some of these tracks mm-hmm. and I'm like okay and at that time I remember playing that album like yo like this shit slap mm-hmm. and then when you finally dropped your stuff I think it made like there's something about that validation when you've seen somebody actually do something because somebody could tell you like I'm doing music I'm doing that mm-hmm. but it's not till you hear it and you're like oh okay that kind of hits different mm. and i remember hearing up for, I, don't, I can't remember the the two or three different tracks you produced on but i'm like okay like that's when i knew like you were serious serious right mm. and i'm kind of curious for you like even though shada kind of gave you that yo you should definitely start doing this was there a point where you were still seeing it more as a hobby or was there like a switch of like you got that validation, that trust from other people, and you're like, okay, let me actually pursue this for real. Mm. I think, like, <clears throat> now going Flourish, the first Kakuyan project was, like, kind of a serious step, but it's, like, you really kind of just don't know what you don't know at that point. Yeah. So I li- I just put the music out, and I didn't even realize how little or non-existent promotion I was doing around the record and how far it traveled off of word of mouth it was actually nuts to look back and mm-hmm. like i did nothing on a promotional standpoint and it went up it seriously did like when i look back it's like it didn't go crazy but for me to not really push it yeah, at all yeah, it exactly. really did like do very well um and i'm not bragging about it either i'm just like yeah, i really saying- should have got like one stream per month <laughs> yeah. and it was it was probably in the tens i don't even know if i touched hundreds or something you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's like it was That's something. actually yeah. really well for like people to be talking about it that much with me not yeah. actually uh, doing it. So that was me like getting serious about the music. If we isolate the music, yeah. Um, and then I think from there, oh, what was the question? I think I was just saying I just noticed 
that's what I, I, that's when I felt like you were taking it serious, but I didn't know if that for you was also the same feeling of like yeah. from that point, like now nah, I'm gonna get after it. Because yeah. I remember you weren't even really trying to promote it. Because I remember we, we were throwing some parties senior oh, year yeah. in the Bayer Benders, <laughs> and I remember there's one where I'm like, yo. Shut oh, off the fire. music. Shut off the music. And I'm like, yo, get up there and like <laughs> do this track. But you were like shy. Like you didn't want to like yeah, be yeah. the you didn't want everybody looking at you. And then to me, I'm like, yo, like you're an artist, you made this music. Like, don't you want to perform yeah. it for all these people? It went up though. It did yeah, it up. did go up. I think um because everybody liked it already, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's when I kind of noticed like you enjoyed doing it, but you weren't trying to be like, I don't know, there was still, I don't know if maybe stage fright, or you do you still feel like you kind of have that right now? No, I think so. I I thought about this, honestly, like, uh, as far as stage fright is like, I think of a lot of things as the same, like, if I'm going to get on my hippie stuff is like, I I feel like a lot of stuff is very similar, like, or identical, honestly, like, and when I ran track, I used to have like, the most intense nerves, like people couldn't really tell, but I would be just like, dead silent before like Mm. a race, I would be dead silent, just like, focused but i was my you know what i'm saying like my chest was going yeah. crazy what did, you, what did you run uh 400 was like my race it's still probably my favorite race i okay. would say uh, but i would touch like the two i hated the eight but i would touch that and i was bad at it yeah but like the one i actually kind of liked it but i i i don't have fast turnover so oh, i'm I like see. you know even like i guess bolt like you saying bolt is taller too so he's like not a fast turnover, like everybody beats him up the blocks, but then he like walks he comes him down. down okay, right? But anyway, like before, I still I still would say four is my favorite run. Like, but anyway, um, uh, that I felt like that was almost a performance. Mm. It's like I would have these crazy nerves. It's it's like runners on your marks, set. <laughs> the gun pops, and honestly, like it it, it, it goes, goes away. away. It's like you yeah. just like run like. You don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like people could be shouting, like "Oh, kick!" Like boom! Like literally, it's like it's crazy. Like just the world, like it's it's all like yeah. You exactly. can't even tell. You're just doing what you're like. You've been training or practicing mm-hmm. whatever to do. And so, like I perform like once or twice, like more open mic stuff, like one or two, like kind of headline stuff. Small, like I'm not like saying yeah. it was anything big, but like <laughs> Coach small <Jella. laughs> You know what I'm saying? A couple, like, stadium venues, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no. Uh, but, like, um, and it, it's the same feeling. It's the same feeling. It was, like, in the green room, just nerves, like, nerves. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, you're not going to, I'm not performing my best or whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You get up on stage and it's, like, yeah. tunnel vision. No, I, I relate to that because I know, you know, I used to do this on IG Lives mm-hmm. probably for the first, I don't know, maybe first 10, 11 episodes and, like, I will be so nervous because it's it's live and I'm mm-hmm. getting ready. But the moment I pressed like live or whatever and people started joining, I actually felt better, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's kind of mm-hmm. like you enjoy the moment and maybe the prep is a lot because you don't know what's going to happen. But once you're actually in it, that's mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, this is this is my bag. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've mentioned like your first project, you know, now going flourish. And then most people might know you that are joining, maybe knowing you as Tom Tide now. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I actually listened to both these projects the other day, and I was like, it's just crazy to see the difference in, mm-hmm. in your artistry. And I, cause I, I see you like Nago and Flourish, you were really trying to, I feel like you were rapping more, and I was hearing mm-hmm. your voice, <laughs> your true voice more. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. now it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, what was kind of the intention behind 
going by a whole new moniker, mm. kind of being a little bit secretive, and then basically all different types of music. Right. I think, um, yeah, I, I didn't know the answer at first. It was, it was a feeling. Like, I was just like, well, if, I, if you had asked me when I first started Tom Tide, it would have been like, I have too big of plans for Cochrane and like, I need to do something right now. Like, and so Tom Ty was honestly, I hit up Damo. I was just like, let me just do like beat, like every, like every two weeks, just put out a beat, like mm-hmm. no, no vocals and no nothing. Like, cause I had a bunch of beats that like, like nobody was recording over. Nobody like wanted, but I was like, these are literally my favorite beats. Dang, like, they said these beats trash. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> this. <beats> trash. No. <laughs> and so, uh, I was like, I I want these out. I really want these out. And so it was, it started really small. And then me and Dom just like are just a problem creatively going back and forth. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think at one point I was just like talking about the mural. That was one of the earlier ideas. And then I was telling about the episodic form of the release and it was still just beats. And then he was like, just for now, just for understanding, he was like, Oh, like a TV show. And I was like, yeah, yeah like a TV show. And then we, whatever, finished the call, we hung up. And then I was like, TV show. And then, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting on that. I'm like, no. Nah. And then I called, called him back another day. I was like, well, we got we to gotta double down on this TV show thing. Like, yeah. And it just grew into like uh, the actual vocals being on the track, actually writing about stuff. The pandemic hit and like there was so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like that first season just wrote itself. It came together so quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like, yeah, I mean, just throughout my whole career, these some of these songs are probably seven, eight years old. Like, um, and so it's, I mean, the the production. The production, like the beats, yeah. Yeah, and so like. So you didn't change them at all a little bit when you started making them out, or you kind of kept what you had originally? No, like, for example, I'm trying to, like, be true to, like, what, I, I did bring some up to 2021, like, mm-hmm. add some layers, this, yeah. and the other, but I think the least touched, like, uh, song was probably like Flower Field. Like that was from high school. I don't even have the original session. Like Oh, so you just had the beat. I just had the beat. So like Flower Field, I just had the beat. I took that. Um and Days Since is also from high school. Like so yeah, probably eight, ten years old or something That's like crazy. that. Like uh and I I physically cannot like revisit that song yeah. because it's just like the, the instrumental. Um and so yeah, I was just I was experimenting. Like I had like I was listening to a lot of indie rock, like classical stuff, like uh, uh, what's it called, of dreams. Mm-hmm. That one is also I think high school, like late high school, right before undergrad. Um, I was listening to all this stuff and just like fully going in. Shout out to uh, Pierre, uh, artist name is Seth Pierre. He's insane, he, like musical mentor. I remember I would be dabbling in these different sounds, and one time I sent him a classical attempt. This is way before Of Dreams, and he just—he really—he was just honest, and he was just like, "Yeah, picking it apart, but he's always always constructive and super like there's measurable things like yeah, like you can do this, this, and this." Yeah. Um, and he's just always like he would respond, even if he liked it, he would be like, "Try this though." Try these, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, but he would be like, uh, but uh, a, lo- a long list of like things just to open up your mind and like, mm-hmm. bro, to this day, like Pierre is just like mentor, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's the goat, he's the goat. If I, I don't know, yeah. he's crazy. And but, um, I think what I was just thought about as you were saying that, you said that 
you originally were going to just do them every two weeks and initially just beats, right? Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration between I want to just start making music and just drop it every two weeks? Was there like a goal? Uh, Sorry. So, so, so like you said initially, like your idea for Tom Tiles, because you couldn't, you didn't want to do everything under yeah, Copion, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was the, oh, let me make sure I drop these every two. Was there any inspiration? And do, and do it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so um, I think I had some data points about like re- release frequency. Uh, I was trying to optimize like a freak, a schedule where it's like, uh, like back in the day with Good Fridays. I mean, Kanye can do that like every single Friday. Yeah. Um, but like for somebody trying to break, it's like every Friday would, I thought there was a potential that people tune you out, mm-hmm. especially like as much volume as, as, as I was trying to do. Yeah. Um, it was like, there was a possibility people would just tune me out. Mm-hmm. And so I thought two weeks was a good resting period. And then like, I'm pretty quiet on social media. So it's like, I drop a song and then I'm gone for like two weeks yeah. and then like drop a song and I'm gone. And then, uh, Press like was honestly pretty supportive for like a no name artist. Shout out to Rosanna. Shout out to Danger Village Sarah. Um, like they were super supportive, you know. And uh, took Spotify a little longer, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, towards the end, I think they like started to show a little bit of love. Um, and I think it was part of that frequency. It was it was just like give people enough like kind of. Um, like enough but, that it's there, but not too much to overwhelm them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, you do you do tune stuff out. Like if there's no switch up, like especially after the first two seasons, like I had to introduce. I feel like I had to introduce the video element because like yeah. that really did like just add something different to the no, routine. No, I, I agree, you know? bro. It's, it's funny because uh, when I remember when I was first thinking about promo for podcasting, mm-hmm. I was like. Oh, let me do what everybody does. And mm-hmm. with most podcasts, they promote their stuff with waveforms. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is like, I always ask, you know, what are the words of device? And then I would make that kind of be the center element of the show. I make a waveform and then I release that waveform. Mm-hmm. But I'm recording video every single episode. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what was the inspiration behind it, but I remember just seeing it. I was just like, man, like, I like editing. I like cutting videos to make them funny or like surprising or make you learn something. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, instead of doing the waveform, why don't I just do the video of my actual guests mm-hmm. and what they're saying? Mm-hmm. And it's been funny because I've only That's done right. it for the past four episodes maybe, but I've seen the difference mm-hmm. in reaction and hey. it just looks better, right? So it's like, you, you, like you said earlier, you, you try something because that's what you know, and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, people like this, people like that. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely think that's probably the way to do it. Hey, um, shout out you too. I mean- I feel like yeah, it's it's not really seen, but like uh, a lot of these conversations are super helpful for like uh, getting ideas. Just uh, yeah, we're both trying. Like you've been going crazy with this podcast. Like we were both trying to do stuff, some stuff at the same time. Like that was in different spaces, but like a lot yeah. of overlap. Mm-hmm. And like you definitely directly gave me ideas for like uh, kind of how to creatively market certain things or present them. So like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's funny you say that because I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) I don't either. I think that's the fun part. I think we both... I remember we had a conversation one time when we were both feeling kind of like... We we felt like we weren't... (laughs) That's what we always felt. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just call you Invent, bro? This is for the birds, man. (laughs) (laughs) This shit sucks, bro. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't want to be a creative anymore. Right. No, but I remember one of the things that came out of that is that although we kind of felt a little bit down and we we're kind of like trying to figure out what to do to really take that next step, I think we both acknowledged that even though it was shitty sometimes, it was still worth doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not even the biggest lesson I've learned. Like, because I've yeah. thought about quitting multiple times. Yeah, like, same. just yesterday. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Like, like, right, right now. <laughs> I just end the interview. I just like leave. No, but like it's 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 come to me sometimes. But one of the things that kind of keeps me going is like I, I'll get a text or I'll get um, um, an email or I'll get like a a comment, and it's like you don't know the impact you're having on people's mm-hmm. lives. And it's kind of like, that's what I wanted to do was to have an impact. Yeah. And I think sometimes what kind of gets in the way of that is like, I look at the numbers too much. I think yeah. about when I haven't received the comment, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I, like I said, I recently started seeing a therapist recently. And one of the things, cause I told him about the whole, how I felt about the podcast. Mm-hmm. And he asked me like, well, what are you trying to do? And I said, I'm trying to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you feel like you're making an impact? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I definitely feel like the episodes are good and I, I get good stuff from my guests. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay then, then you're doing it. Right. And I'm like, what you mean? He's like, well, if you're, waking on, if you're waiting on comments, good or bad, or replies or likes, then you're always going to be like yeah. wavy. But yeah. if you think every time you put something out, you've done something impactful, then that's it. 100%. And that really got to me. I'm like, damn, you're right. I was looking at it from the response from something instead of yeah. what I'm putting out. Right. And I'm kind of curious, have you kind of went through that where you're like, damn, this song only got this many streams, but it was so fire when I was making it? Like, have you kind of dealt with uh, that? That's never been the reason that uh, I... Um, I always... I, I feel like I'm very fortunate uh, to have like... Uh, unwavering con confidence in the quality of the content itself like i know if it's good mm-hmm. and I've, i i feel like it's more so i do have a goal to like get this to a certain level where i can like um eat off of it which very far from that but yeah. I, but like you <laughs> yeah. know it's like um, broke. <laughs> right I'm, I'm broke, deep in the red yeah but uh it's like i feel like yes i do have those that's similar to my kind of goal is, is to inspire. You know, it's always uh, cool more than the validation that like you've shifted the way somebody thinks or expanded their perspective. Like, because um, I always appreciate that myself. It, it just switches things up when you're in kind of a routine and somebody just like literally look at it from like take a step over and see how this. Yeah. Like angle on your situation looks. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's... Uh, my, I guess, grandmother's cousin uh, up in L.A., shout out Osad, was like telling us this anecdote about her, about Miss Lois. We just talked about her, but <clears throat> about her kind of exposing her kids to things outside of like Gary, where where they were from, and, like taking them to museums and to Chicago and to like just seeing uh, other things. And he was like the takeaway, like that I remember from that story was basically like if the, his words were somewhere along the lines of like, if the hood is the only thing you've ever seen, it's easy to think the hood is a world, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, basically, yeah, literally like you could be, uh, 
trying something from like three different angles that's all you've ever been exposed to. If somebody just tells you like four or five exist, like that can really like change mm -hmm. um, what you even want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you, you just didn't even know four and five exist, like uh, six and seven exist too. They didn't know that either. Yeah. So it's, it's also cool to just like have a kind of diverse group of, of opinions. Uh, I forgot kind of why I got on this. Tonight, yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know, as you were talking, but, I'm like, yo, you spin, but what right. did I ask him again? Right. But I think we were talking about how when we, we fell down, and I was kind of curious, like, how have you kind of dealt with maybe oh, yeah, you yeah, wanting yeah. certain responses to your music and maybe not yeah. getting it or getting what you want? Yeah, I think that's all I want to do is, is really, I think people kind of approach things from a certain way, um, myself included. I'm not putting that on anybody else and not and excluding myself. Yeah. I think like one of the things was like this, the direction of the music industry. You even sent me an article recently about yeah. some kind of like very pessimistic things about the future of the industry. And like uh, a lot of things are like, a lot of people view like change as like, oh, this is bad. Like this, my, my nostalgia lies in this way of doing things and like we can't give it up. And like, this is the good way to do things. Yeah. And like this project was kind of bear hugging a lot of the changes that were happening in the industry. Like, yeah. People hated the way kind of streaming uh, uh, changed our relationship with music. You know, like we we used to own a project and we kind of like had like a book of CDs. You'd flip through it and like find your CD, pop it in and like probably listen front to back. Yeah. Um, unless you actually made a physical mixtape or something like you burnt like just the song that you liked from multiple albums. Um but we had this like sense of like ownership and kind of you had to commit to like this body of work. Mm -hmm. And now streaming is like, we're just hoeing out. Like we got, we got, the, whole, <laughs> we got the whole world of music. Yeah, music <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but uh, we got like the whole world of music and we can listen to one song for 10 seconds. We could skip like to the middle and be like, all right, I'm good. Like yeah. I'm getting my like $15 <laughs> worth out of Spotify, whatever that, it is. Like, yeah. Um, and you're just listening to whatever you want, like skimming an entire album. Like this person put four years into this album. And you're skimming. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a Friday. And you skimming. <laughs> trash. 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 <laughs> trash. No, this album just dropped. It's trash. This album sucks. Yeah. But no, it's like, I feel like it did change the relationship with music. But at the same time, I was like, this is just different. And like, how can we optimize this and like change our experience and still get like what we loved from the old ways and like bring it into this current world? Because mm -hmm. the world's just going to keep changing. Like <laughs> maybe we could see a resurgence of a similar um, structure or relationship with music with yeah. W with Web3 or I don't know if I'm the saying new, that right. The new stuff, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, like maybe they'll reinvent a way to, to have a similar ownership with music yeah. and like, I don't know. But I feel like streaming, I was like, okay, like it's single, single driven. And like, if you kind of look at a incentive mechanism design with like game theory, uh, I do view like a lot of these apps like games, right? So like Spotify, the game of Spotify does optimize singles, right? You, uh, to get into the, uh, the gory details, like you can pitch one song from a release at a time. And I think they said if you pitch with like a week lead time you guarantee it's on people's release radars mm -hmm. right so if i spent like a year putting together seven songs and i can only pitch one like nah like 
I'd rather I'd rather put out a single and pitch the entire body of work, mm-hmm. right? And it's so Spotify is is incentivizing that indirectly, mm-hmm. right? So as in like they you're saying like Spotify wants people to they don't they care if they have an album but they just still want only one song to be promoted. You can you can only pitch one. I mean, I understand kind of why they would do that. It's like you have probably millions of songs coming in mm. like a day like the editors are swamped from every <laughs> angle their DMs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And these tools like people will like try to find their way to yeah. get a little toenail in the door. Mm. So it's like I'm sure they're overwhelmed. I understand why they do it, but it's it is incentivizing whether they intended it to or not, mm-hmm. to release singles. So you can just maximize how many are we pitching yeah. to these editors. And also, it's, it's, it is kind of also with that week thing. It's like, you probably want to spread them out at least more than yeah. a week. So you're not, um, yeah. Right? So with that structure, that kind of also fed into the Tom Tide release schedule. Yeah. It's like, okay, two weeks. Like, I don't expect them to like everyone. Yeah. But it's like... Let me just optimize all this effort I'm putting in, like get like these songs out. And then also uh, I loved concept albums. I loved like Good Kid, Mad City. Exactly, loved, right? Like, there's there's something behind it, right? I feel like albums that have right. skits or interludes or like you listen from the top to bottom and it makes sense. I've always enjoyed that. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, you released, you did this for a year, which by the way, it made me realize how quick the year went. Because I remember when you first mm-hmm. told me mm-hmm. what you were about to do. Mm-hmm. And then you were recently like, last single. I'm like, wait, it's been a year? <laughs> but uh, I say that because I actually uh, was playing it back this week, and I played it from top to bottom. Mm. And I think I didn't under... Like, I knew what you were doing. I knew it was multiple seasons. But I don't know. Playing it from top to bottom, I saw how it all flowed. Mm-hmm. I saw how you knew which seeds I'm playing it like in the shower or something, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm hearing this, and I'm like, okay, I, I kind of know why he changed it. And mm-hmm. then I noticed the interludes. Because when you release an interlude as a single, it's kind of like, okay, like, you ain't really giving me much, right? When you go through the album and play it, you're like, oh, okay, that was like, I get it, right? And I would love to just understand, like, let's say I'm kind of somebody that wants to start doing music and just art. I would love to know, like, the actual creative process between, behind your music. You can just focus on the season, that's, if that's Mm -hmm. easier for you. Uh, That's that's too long of an answer. (laughs) I don't know, like, it's... It's just deep. It's like it gets into like honestly philosophy. It's like how do you kind of view the the entire world? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not even like trying to cop out. It's I can't even answer that. It's like, um, God, I think there's just so much overlap. How you how you approach a creative act? What mm-hmm. is a creative act? I think business marketing is a creative mm-hmm. act. Like, um, you got to be creative. Like, um, conversation is creative. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, it's just really that, that, and I'm telling you my philosophy right here. It's yeah. like, uh, I can't, I really can't answer that. I, but I do like always, I'm just always thinking about things like, why am I doing this thing the way I'm doing? How does, how I'm doing it affect how the product comes out? Mm. Like all those questions, like you really, I think computer science did shape my way of, of thinking because like, you're kind of collaborating with this computer, right? It's quote unquote dumb, but it does exactly what you tell it to do. So it's like, like do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right. It's like, that's not what I told you to do. It's <laughs> like, no, me, that's sir. exactly what you told me to do. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, so you really have to sit and like, I mean, there's also a question like sometimes the hardware is bad, but like if we, when we're learning how to do computer science stuff, it's mm-hmm. like you, you're working on reliable hardware. It's like, 
you really have to like question, okay, I, the instructions I'm giving this thing, where's the flaw in those? Mm-hmm. And so like, it, it really does like, I, it changes how I debug even real life problems too. Like, Indeed. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, uh, all of that has played into how I improve myself as a musician, as marketing, even like personal relationships too. Like you debug something, you're like, okay, I'm upset about this thing between me and this person. Mm. Uh, how do I feel when this other person does it? Like, are they my friend? They're not. Was you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. or they are, but this too is affecting that dynamic, and like, it's not here. And then like. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. this whole process, like, and I know this is not at all answering your question, but this is, no, this is seriously, I, I feel like they're the same thing though. Yeah. I'd honest, that's just, no, I think illustrates. And you can philosophy. let me know if I'm on part with like what you would say is the answer too, is like, you're not necessarily like, it's not like a Monday through Friday, I'm going to get in the studio, I'm going to write this and that. I think it seems like a lot of the stuff is kind of coming along. Cause I assume that for all the four seasons, you didn't have them all ready, like to go before the year started. I'm assuming yeah. fall. You probably were getting ready for fall at that time, and maybe right. spring. I don't know if you even recorded it in order. Like, how right. was that kind of how you were kind of going into it? I re- I recorded like seasons atomically, so like within a season, I recorded them out of order. But then I did re- record fall all before I recorded winter. Mm. I recorded all of winter before I recorded yeah all of spring. Uh. Artists are so different. People are so different. Like some people, and this is a beautiful process, a beautiful process, but they need to, like you said, Monday through Friday, be in the studio, make a lot of stuff, right? I just know myself I'm different. Like I, I can actually marinate on an idea. And I think a lot of times a product will be better. If I, if, I know, if, I'm, if I know my intention, my purpose for doing this, and it's in the back of my mind for, for a week while I'm doing other things that are also like, stimulating me creatively and just philosophically whatever yeah um then when i come back to it it's like oh that's it like the moment i step away from the studio like some of the best best lines came for like ocean breeze which is one of my bigger songs like when i stop like actively just like actually working that's when it kind of comes exactly i just know myself and like everybody creatively maybe this could be the answer to your question is just know yourself Mm. like and don't let people sway you to like um, step out of yourself. Like you do want to grow, but there is a place where you can burn out from trying to like uh, please other people's kind of way of doing things. Yeah, and you, there is compromise too. That's one of the beauties in, in collaborating as well. You want to compromise for people, but at the same time, uh, not to the point that you lose yourself. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes, dude. And so I could always ask like words of advice based on your experience so far. Would you think? Would you say that's going to be your words of advice in terms of? that's kind of like a philosophy that keeps you going or do you have something else that you feel has also made a d- deep impact on how you kind of go about things? <sighs> I, d- I didn't think enough about the words of advice. Uh, I guess. I, I don't know what's one thing that's just that important. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's just like, <clears throat> I feel like it's an iterative process. Like more than like telling somebody what to do, I think like, Examples for me are is, are super important. Mm. Watching how somebody does something, watching how somebody thinks. Like I feel like more the value than like any one thing I've told people is like, oh, this is how he thinks. Like this is how he puts together ideas. Like, mm. and I feel like I got that from both my mother and my father. It's like, uh, especially my mother, she's like so 
patient. Like she's so patient and understanding. Like she will listen to you first before she like imposes kind of what she thinks. Mm. Um, and so like, I feel like I've gotten a combination of like, yeah, my dad's like passion and like this patience too. So it's like, uh, and they, that they never explicitly told my mother never like said the words be patient. Well, maybe she did, but like more so I saw how patient she was. And like pick that up. So I, I, I don't know if I could say a word of advice thing, yeah. more than I think like just observing. Yeah. I don't know like. No, it's funny you say that because yeah. I, I always ask that question. And like sometimes I kind of will have something in my head of like what would I, like how would I answer that, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing that always comes to my mind first is um, nobody will save you. And the reason mm. I say that is because mm. uh, I always realize that you can always complain you can always submit or and say like oh i just don't like this i don't like that i wish this happened i wish that happened Mm -hmm. but every time i keep learning like you have to be the one you have to be the one that says let me do this let me fix that so that's always my thing is that at the end of the day you're going to be the person that dictates your life and you might it might not even work out but at least you know that you were the reason like just recently i just moved and i was trying to get my tv mounted Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, I mean, I could have definitely dated myself from the beginning. And I'm like, you know what? Let me have somebody that does this all the time yeah. do it. Right. So I hit up TaskRabbit. I'm like, oh, let me sort by the dude that's done the most tasks. Because I'm like, okay, <laughs> he's going to know how to like, put a mount up. He's done and, the most bad jobs. <laughs> right? And I'm looking at his reviews. Like, is he, how many reviews does he have? Because it's, it's all positive. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. bet. Mm-hmm. I call my mans up. And, you know, the moment, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I remember asking, like, Yo, have you ever put this mount up before? Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> but then, then he's like, but it's been a while. I'm like, oh, man. okay. And then I saw, the moment I knew that this shit wasn't going to end well, was he started looking at the instructions book, man. <laughs> I'm like, damn, how long is a while, my guy? And it got to the he's point. Like, oh, man. <laughs> This was gonna be a steep one. And then I knew I had to end it there because he was like, Yeah, they got a bad design. I'm like, nah, bro, they <laughs> it's not them. So, but all I have to say is like, you know, my learning point from that is like I should have just took the initiative and struggled myself. Because mm. at least one, I would have learned how to do it. And even if I messed up, it's on me. Mm. But now when somebody else has messed up, one, I paid them and I'm like, yo, like right. I gotta pay you for that. Mm. And two, it didn't end up being what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what I would say. But I know that you don't have a specific words of advice, but I still feel like just how you share it, it's obvious that you're always kind of learning. Yeah, I feel like you have periods of life where like, okay, this is how I operate. Maybe that's, yeah, I'll I'll think about it. I will give, when when should I give that? You can give it now if you you have it. My um, words of advice is, okay, how about this? Cop out. Hey, but balance. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is iterative. It's like it's like find a balance. You know, you want to learn and change and grow who you are. But like, yeah, it's, it's similar to what I said. You don't want to lose yourself. Mm-hmm. There's something that makes every individual unique. Like there's a way you see the world, and we don't even realize how different the way we see the world is. Mm-hmm. The how different the way we think is. The how different like, <laughs> our like concept of consciousness yeah, too it's based like, on whatever we're seeing on a daily basis right and it, we it we can all operate we can understand the same thing but our underlying like abstraction yeah. is so different and we we can't realize it because we just say two plus two equals four mm-hmm. we agree on that yeah but underneath and in, in, in here is like 
so that's that's what kind of what I'm getting at is like, uh, yeah, balance. grow, yeah, balance like growth while like not losing yourself, mm-hmm. I guess. And so, it seems like you have a lot of things kind of figured out, especially in terms of like how you go about your music. No, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to know like what's kind of like one main thing that you're kind of like struggling with right now. <sighs> um, I don't. I feel like. Maybe to a fault, I've become comfortable with the cycle of, like, you need rest. So, like, I did a whole year of pushing uh, and, and growing. And I was comfortable with, like, let me take a month and not think about it. Like, And I know that the excitement and the inspiration will come. And so, like, I wouldn't say I'm struggling. I just know that that's, it's a downtime right now. And like, So you're I'm, saying you're struggling with the fact that you, you're not doing anything. No, I have no issue. It's like, okay. that's what I'm saying. It's like, maybe to a fault, I'm just like, okay, I don't have ideas right now, but like, it's going to come. Yeah. I'm just like, you can intentionally take some time off and then like, um, yeah, kind of listen to people, talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, new people are definitely in my musical life as well. Uh, one struggle I would say is like, I guess, navigating the people dynamic of the industry, all that luck and stuff. Um and one takeaway I've had, I could say throughout the years, like just really kind of nurture the genuine people. Like mm. there's a lot of more thin interactions you have, not just in the industry, but in the world. Mm. And it's just like, you'll come across one or two where it's like, this is an actually solid dude. Yeah. Like he does things because he's a good person. Exactly. And that's like cyber. Like when I say that, like, bro, he's my brother. Like I, I need to respond to his text actually. Like, <laughs> um, but He's just a solid dude. Like, if there's anybody, we got to, you know, like, protect Cyber at all costs. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, there is, yeah, there's there's value in, in, in like, maintaining different depths of uh, relationships. But, yeah, like, if there's somebody genuine, like, really do good by them and just, like, make sure, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. And you, I, I don't mean to single him out either. There's a lot of people, like... Who are super but genuine. he's had just like a, a big impact. Super so, huge yeah. impact. Love, yeah, love him. And off that, you know, I don't know if he's going to be your answer, but who would you consider as one of your um, most creative pals in terms of like that person is constantly inspiring you? You're always interested to know what they're doing or like they put mm. out something like, damn, that was fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I, I have to give multiple answers. Can I do that? You can, yeah. Three max, three max. Three max? Yeah. All right. It's like not. <laughs> uh, I am sick that I didn't mention Vic until now. 808 Vic, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, nuts. Insane. I am lucky to personally know him. And he, uh, actually, he introduced me to Shrek, Shrek Knows Rap, uh, who is, yes, on that list of genuine people, an actual friend, love them both. Mm-hmm. Uh, are these musicians or industry people? Anybody, like just creative to you. Right. You consider that. And Shrek is super creative. That's when I said, like, um, creativity isn't just music. It's like marketing is creative. And what Shrek has done is nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and then Spence, of course, is on that list. Three tops. Yeah. You can't do how that. Many, how many you want to say? That's three. Because that's Shrek. That's, yeah. Vic, and like Spence. I'm missing so many that I don't want to like leave out. I don't want to leave out. But I'll let you do two more. Uh, now I don't got an answer. All <laughs> <Not that>. right, <laughs> you got my blood. You're like, it's oh, like shit. Oh, no, you you're trying to flex. To... <laughs> I got mad dudes. Oh wait, I got to sell. 
thought he was ready too. No, no. But, nah. but just me, I know there's definitely like people who are just like, um, yeah, super creatively inspiring. Uh, Pierre, it has to be on the list. If I mentioned their name in the interview already, for sure. And then like, there's definitely people I'm not immediately thinking of that are definitely mm-hmm. super inspirational. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I liked I started like uh, asking that question because I realized like one of the things that I think I was struggling with initially like when I first moved on to Houston right it was kind of like after our senior year like probably one of our f- most funnest years oh, yeah. I realized how often after that that I was traveling to like link up with y'all mm. or do some trips and you know now that I'm in this space I want to start doing more podcasts I want to start getting better mm-hmm. I've realized that I had to start surrounding myself with people that were. Maybe not always podcasting, but they were familiar familiar with the space because mm-hmm. I've just learned so much. Like one person I've been working on, uh, his name's Harry Duran, and he runs a podcast as well called Podcast Junkies. Mm-hmm. But he's also in the podcasting industry, as in he just knows a lot of things about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember he interviewed me one time, and from that okay. interview, I feel like I left the interview like, damn, like I loved how you interviewed me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I learned so much about just. The little things, like I'll be curious about how he asked a question or how he started or how he transitioned. Right. And from that, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So I think it's just good to always acknowledge those people because oh, yeah. there's just, I don't know, just kind of like, it's kind of like friends. You know, like you have friends, but sometimes if somebody was to ask you, why is this person your friend? Mm-hmm. And then you start saying it, you're like, damn, like this person has really made an impact on me. So, yes. And I think it's, it's dope that you have that around you. And that's yeah. really what's going to build you up because there's going to be that time where you know, that's all the people you got. Yeah. Because nobody else, no, if, you're not, yeah, if you ain't popping, if you ain't doing nothing, like you had nobody else, so. No, so, I love that she said that. Yeah. Thank you. you I didn't, mean. You didn't say me though. I was kind of confused. Like, <laughs> bro, I, was like, you I like, feel like it goes without saying like, yeah. that's <laughs> what I'm on. saying. Like, I was literally about to say, I, okay, I'm going to say it explicitly. Nah, but, okay. <laughs> shout out Paul and Juan too. Like, Juan is a day one. Like I said, he's like the glue. Like, nah. you know what I'm saying? Like, Bestie. Nah, so nah, like, Juan's a real one. Especially the fact, you know, especially if you listen to this, definitely go watch the YouTube video. It's the first in person. You know, I remember telling him, like, yo, I think it would be kind of dope to do this in person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a creative director. So, like, he literally, like, everything that you're looking at is all him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was I, saying, like, yeah. I was saying, like, they have entire crews to do what he just did. Like, he set up <laughs> all the lighting. And he's like running and monitoring all right? the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> he's saying some words I don't know about. He's like, yo, Chandler, I am so like, okay, bet. <laughs> Let's do that. Somebody's watching the YouTube lighting? like, he did this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is trash, bro. <laughs> but nah, I definitely gotta always recognize, you know, the creative powers in your life. I think just powers in general. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm definitely blessed to have y'all. And I think I'm um, kinda like to wrap up, one thing I do want to say is like, I think I'm so proud of what you've done just in mm. all the years that I've known you. Wow. And I think uh, one of the reasons that I always hit you up to talk because I've always felt like you kind of always understood what I'm going through. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm always, because I always had like visions or whatever. And I'm like, what would, what, how would Lee approach this? Or it's Lee approached before. Mm. And even talking to Juan sometimes, I'm kind of like, yo, like I want to do this, but what do you think? Mm-hmm. And before I think, it's because I always used to be very like, I got to do it. I got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you put it in the power of your pals and you, mm-hmm. you realize just how much their strength, their knowledge. So I want to give a big recognition to you because to me, I feel like this is just the beginning. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? For I feel both like of us. I'm, I'm excited to document it now, but both I'm definitely going to love in the future when I'm like, okay, yo, like he's kept that same way. So definitely want to give my props to you. Uh, but for anybody listening that might not know you that well, that might not 
understand why I'm interviewing you. Like, is there any way that, what would you recommend? One, they go check out first. Mm. And then two, I'd love to sh- for you to share your socials and all that stuff. Oh, sure. Uh, what to check out first? Yeah. <laughs> you dropping coasters <laughs> out here? You nervous? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yo, spill all the water out of it. At the end of the interview, dropping on the equipment like, oh, no, no. Um, uh, probably check out Tom Tide. Uh, that's very, it's the most recent thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Any specific song? Just one song. You gotta make it, yeah. If you, if you have one song, I have to say Simmer Down. Want to prove. Want to prove. I would actually, then, okay, I'm, I'm gonna give my uh, preference too. I think, um, Dan, a couple just came in my head. Mm, see, that's what I'm saying. Dang, that was the whole hard, thing. Hard. I do like say that, but. I feel like I go through phases where like sometimes I want to hear this song. No, take two. I'm gonna say take two. Mm. Take two is definitely my favorite song. Hey. So yeah, definitely if y'all listening, definitely go check that out. But um yeah, where would you want people to follow you at, support you at, hit you up at? Like what what are your socials? Oh yeah, so Kakuyan is still active. Uh that's gonna be the next like project that comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh that's at Kakuyan One on Instagram. And then Tom Tide is T H O M T I D E on all platforms. Yeah. And um, what, before we go, what is like something that you're looking forward to? Like, what do you think is next for you right now? I know you mentioned you're taking a break, but is there, can you give us a tease of like an idea that you're, you're thinking about? I would say, uh, what's next? I'm still kind of figuring that out. I'm working with. Uh, yeah, I, I want to get some stuff with 808 Vic. Like, he's, uh, I've been putting it off for too long. Mm-hmm. He sent me the craziest thing. I think it's time for us to kind of work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the same, same people who have been working on my stuff already. I'm going to put out a new project, hopefully, like maybe next year or something. Man. Like, mid to late next year. I didn't even want to put the timeline out. I didn't even want to put the timeline out because. I really haven't put it together. Yeah. So, like, we haven't put it together a schedule of how to record and all that stuff. But, yeah, that's the long-winded answer. But, not for sure. But, uh, no, thank you once again for allowing, to trust me to do this. I know it's, like, the no, first, thank you for the first run. But, no, I think I definitely enjoyed it. And um, to anybody listening, always remember to stay creative. Peace. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to that creative conversation. I hope it was able to inspire you. And if you'd like to continue getting inspired, there's actually three main ways you guys can do that. One, you can actually watch all the YouTube videos. Uh, that's the full length episodes and also clips just to get a little preview about what each episode might be about. Two, you guys can actually listen on all podcasting platforms, which is Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Please feel free to leave a rating or review. Just help me out and also get the word of mouth out there. Three, you guys can actually subscribe to the Paul and Pals newsletter, which is basically a written summary of each episode in addition to my takeaway. So that I kind of give what the episode made me think about, what I got from it. Link in the description and show notes. But without further ado, always remember to stay creative.